1: It's good. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through our full review of Magic Round. Sensational week it was. A lot of controversy, obviously. And look, I'm not going to touch too heavily on all the sin mining and the send-offs and uh, the new interpretations today. I've got a 35-minute podcast that will be dropping tomorrow morning. So stay tuned for that. I'll go right into detail. Get a little bit passionate too, just quietly. uh, There's a few things that, uh, in my opinion that need to be set straight. Uh, I mean these have always been rules. Now that they're enforcing them I don't see why we're getting upset. We've got to protect players. There are grey areas which I will touch on and there's one grey area in particular that I'm really really worried about. So today not going to dive too heavily into the referees decisions. Not even the referees decision and there's another thing I want to point out that we don't go too heavy on the referees Uh, they're just following instructions. If you've got a problem, it's with the NRL. It's not with the uh, referees. So don't go around ref bashing and carrying on like a twat. Your problem is with the NRL. Uh, but magic round. Sensationally put on by the NRL. I thought it was great. Uh, the, one, the thing I was most happy with, we got rid of the Thursday night game. If I'm someone that's paying good money to go up there, I'm paying for accommodation, food, drinks, tickets, the, the entire show. I don't want to have to take Thursday off work or have to take Friday off work. I want to fly up Friday after work, maybe a half day or something, head up Friday and see all the games of footy. So well done to the NRL. Some common sense. They played all their games from Friday onwards and we kicked off 6pm Friday with the West Tigers taking on the Newcastle Knights. I tipped the Tigers in this one. There was of course all the talk during the week about the coach Michael Maguire selecting Adam Dwayhe at centre. I've been saying for a long time, I think he's a centre and even I wouldn't have moved him there. I thought he was going really well at 5-8. I think he was their best option. Uh, up against this Newcastle side, who are missing Mitchell Pearce and Kalon Ponga. And as we've been saying for a number of weeks, the Newcastle Knights are very lucky that there's some very other, some very average teams that exist in this competition alongside them, like Canterbury, like Brisbane, who have sort of taken the limelight off this team a little bit, but they are seriously struggling. I understand they're missing troops. I get that, but... I mean, you're missing Pong Ponga, you're missing Mitchell Pearce. If you have a look at the list that the Roosters are missing, they're still showing up week in, week out. And I know it's probably not fair to compare them to the best, if not a top three system in our game. But, I mean, it's the standard, yeah? It's the NRL uh, almost being good. It's not good enough. So the Newcastle Knights, they really need to lift. I was really disappointed with this performance, to be honest with you. I expected a lot more out of them. The Tigers, I mean... You know, the Knights aren't playing the world beaters over here. The Tigers, they're just so inconsistent. The game that we saw the other night was unreal. Hopefully, we can put more of that back to back. And I'm well aware they're inconsistent. This has been my number one problem with them for a number of years. The amount of messages I got this week after I gave Michael Maguire and Adam hear a rap for playing well was, oh, yeah, well, it's just one week. We'll see what happens next. I'm well aware they're inconsistent. I get it. Yeah, I've been talking about it for three years now. Um, look... In this game, there was obviously the four sin bins. We'll talk about that later. Two for each team, at least. Uh, some of them are on the last play, Moses and and whatnot. Uh, they definitely played a role in this game, but I really don't think the Knights would have won it if this wasn't the circumstances. I thought Dwayne was great. I thought Luke Brooks had a really solid game. Good to see his running game back once again. Um I don't know, may, maybe it does just need to be his team. Like, I couldn't believe it when they'd named Moses and Bayer at five 5'8". I thought for sure the young bloke, Jock Madden, had come off the bench and take that spot. But they went with them by and he played a good game, to be fair. But it really was an opportunity for Luke Brooks to grab this game by the collar and own it. And I, I, I think he did that. I thought he was really good. Once again, though, I thought the Knights were horrible. So I don't know how much to read into this game for the West Tigers. I mean, I would love to see them back it up next week. I I haven't had a look at their draw to see who they're playing next week. But, I mean, it's all forgotten so quickly if you can't back it up the week after. And if they don't back it up next week, it'll be a case of, well, the Knights were shit, the Tigers are still the Tigers. so. Bit of pressure on them. Interesting to see how it plays out. Super coach wise, uh, Adam Dway, he was the star here. 114 points. He was sensational at centre. David Nofaluma, he kept his head above water, scoring a try, scoring 54 for classic owners like myself. I really want more out and off. Uh, Luciano Lelua, 47. Another guy I wanted more from. I thought him moving to the right side, it would just be points galore. We haven't really seen it yet. He had plenty of opportunities, just wasn't able to get those high end attacking stats. Dane Laurie, 37. Uh, been a disappointing couple of weeks for Dane Laurie. Obviously, everyone owns him. Obviously, everyone's going to hold him for round 13 in Supercoach Classic. So, at the moment, it's a little bit irrelevant what he does. I mean, you'd be a brave person to sell Dane Laurie before round 13, I think. the other player that I was interested in was Bloor, a guy that I've got on my bench, a guy that I know a lot of you have in your team as well. I've had him from day one. 14 points there, limited minutes. Fingers crossed we, we get to see that up over the next few weeks. Uh, for Newcastle Knights, nice, Tyson Brazil, 73 points, scored a try at the very end. Connor Watson put him through a hole. Connor Watson scored 70. Uh, so for people like me that don't have Braley that are still holding Watson either at 5'8 or at hooker. I've got him at hooker still at the moment. Good to see him scoring points. I know a lot of people have sold him over the last few weeks. Braley, the other man I just mentioned, 72. So much of a much just between Braley and Watson. Obviously, Watson, you need those attacking stats, but he's more than capable of producing those, obviously. Uh, Bradman Best, 54. Not bad for Bradman Best. I think he's so far from his best there without KP. We know that... You know, obviously the left edge for the Newcastle Knights. When you got Ponga there, it is fantastic real estate. So just waiting for him to get back. But Bradman Best, 54, you'll take it. Uh, Mitch Barnett, a 53. Uh, probably helped by the, by the moment where Fitzgibbon uh, got a sin bin. I believe he took the goal kicking back as well. So he kicked a couple of goals there. Um, yeah, oh, I've sold Barnett. I've jumped off the train and I think I'm happy to do so. Obviously, it looks like, oh, obviously in round 13, uh, he will goal kick now. Um, so little bonus there but they're playing essentially a full strength Parramatta side so I'm glad I've sold Barnett but if you did keep him I mean it's definitely looking a lot more rosy than what it was seven days ago essentially the second game Friday night saw the Manly Seagulls taking on the Brisbane Broncos I tipped the Broncos here I got the West Tigers the upset in the first game Broncos in this one I thought that uh, they'd be a lot better than what they were uh, lost by 44 points it was a dead set drumming for them uh, look they had a couple of guys sinbinned. Uh we we obviously saw Tyson Gamble we saw Jordan Ricky Simbin but the game was well and truly gone by then yeah that uh, that didn't really have a huge impact on the result had an impact on the score not on the result though uh, Manly once it kicked off you could just tell they, they were not going to lose this game you had a couple of bright moments for the Brisbane Broncos I thought Jermaine Osako, his try was unreal Tyson Gamble I think he held up Brad Parker or old Hank Scorpio in the in goals an unbelievable tackle I think one that really flew under the radar uh, sensational tackle there for Tyson Gamble really hyped up after it again um, he was then Simbin later, though, unfortunately. For the Manly Seagulls, Turbo and DC, they lit it up. Tommy Torojevic was unreal, scoring three tries. Foran got injured. I think you saw Josh Schuster sort of sh- shift into that 5-8 spot, and that's where I think he should be playing, to be honest with you. You've obviously got Cade Cust in the squad as well, though. So, interesting to see how that one plays out, yeah, because obviously... Des is a huge fan of Lachlan Kroger. So potentially you could see him play bigger minutes. You could see Cust at six. I would personally move Schuster, but I would have played him there from the very start. I think as excited as I was before. And um, I thought the Manly forward pack was unreal. I thought Kepi was great. There's a try that he scored where he linked up with Marty power Some brilliant ball playing. Marty Tapao was sensational. I thought Sipley off the bench. He was brilliant. He did so much work the other night. It was unreal. He really did impress me. And then Paseca, uh, our little mate that we've dropped through or four times over the last eight weeks. Of course, we dropped him. He comes up w- w- with a really good game again. I think he scored 50-odd Super Supercoach. Talk about that in a minute. Uh, but I thought he was good. When this man, when, when this manly pack is going forward and they're winning the ruck, I mean, with D C E and Turbo out there and whoever else you got, obviously Saab and Ruben Garrick, they've, real, they've really come into their own over the last few weeks once Turbo's returned. But, fuck, you can put some planks of wood out there and Turbo and D C E would make them look good, I think. They're just looking really strong. you got Moses Suley. Still can't get into the side. you got Dylan Walker to come back still. So, Manly. And, look, in the preseason, I, I said I think they are a real smoky for the top four. And I got a, I got messages. I got laughed at. I had I, I copped it all. But when they're full strength, my God, they're going to be hard to beat. And I, I love Kieran Foran. I'm a huge fan of him. But I'm telling you, I think they get better by putting Schuster or Cust into the six. I think the modern game is more suited to these guys. So, an interesting watch over the next few weeks there. um Look, it was twenty to six at half time. Uh, very dif- disappointing for the Brisbane Broncos, who have looked better the last few weeks at Suncorp for Magic Round. I was extremely disappointed by that. Uh, Isako obviously scored in the first half. Uh, super coach wise. Tom Trevojevic topped at 119 points. A sensational game from him. DC and Saab went for 100 each. Ruben Garrick, if you went Saab or Garrick off the back of Turbo Factor, it certainly is paying off at the moment. Saab with 100, as we said, Garrick, 92. Josh Schuster, 57. He also got Sinbind as well. So if he would have stayed on the field, I mean, we could be looking at a you know, 60, 70-point game there. He lost 10 points automatically for getting sent off, uh, and then he lost 10 minutes as well. So it could have been anything for Schuster. Harper is another little pod guy I know a lot of people are very keen on. I've always really liked Harper. Uh, Little Sanchez out there, 56 points, very solid again. For the Broncos, if you went early or you grabbed Tyson Gamble, that one really hurt. Sinbind obviously came up with eight Super Coach points. That would have been a stinger. Another one that would have hurt, Tavita Pangai Jr., only a 41 in this game. Uh, I know a lot of people th- thinking Origin was coming up. He was going to have a really big few weeks. A little bit disappointing from TPJ. Payne Haas, 52. Um, not terrible. Definitely not great, though. Definitely not in Payne Haas category. Not what you wanted to pay for him anyway. 52 points. We want more out of him. Uh, Isako scored a try. Got you a 61. If you're still holding him in your center wings, uh, you managed to get out of jail there. A really good individual try that was probably worth... 30, maybe 35 points. He broke four or five tackles to score that. So uh, if you take that out, you're looking at about a 30-point score from Osaka, which would have been disappointing. The other guy I thought scored really well. He's a really good footballer, really underrated. It's Herbie Farmworth, 60 super coach points. Probably one for your draft leagues there. Really talented little footballer. Yeah, four sin bins in this one. And as we said, we will be touching on the sin bins uh, tomorrow morning. So stay tuned for that podcast. We'll go really in-depth. Okay, Super Saturday. Kicked off with the Canberra Raiders taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, Raiders got up in this one 20-18. Pretty wild game. Uh, Obviously, for the Canberra Raiders, we had Jack White, and it was Simbin in the second half. Then we had Josh Papali who was sent off. Um, I I, I think it was a fair enough send-off by these new rules. I think this is what we need to do to get it out of the game, to be honest with you. Uh, But there was about a three- or four-minute period where... Cambridgeers—they only had 11 guys on the field and they were behind and they managed to come back in the second half. We spoke about this this morning uh, in our highlights of Magic Round and I really enjoyed watching the Canberra's with their backs against the wall. If they, I, I, if they would have lost that game, my God, it would have just been a mutiny down there. So fantastic to see them get up. Uh, I, th- I thought Curtis Scott, he was sensational. I thought he had a really strong game. Probably the best game I've seen him play in a while. He was great. Uh, really interesting. When Josh Hodgson came on, I thought they improved out of sight. So uh, that power struggle between Hodgson, Starling, White, and George Williams, it just gets more and more interesting. Uh, I-, I don't know. It- it's an odd one to watch, and it's just, it seems to be different each and every week how they gel together. So very interesting to watch that one. Um,. Look, I uh, the, the Canterbury Bulldogs that they had an opportunity where for about 20 minutes they played against either uh, well, essentially for 30 minutes, they played against 12 players. And I thought that they just panicked a little bit. And this is something I'll touch on later in the week. And I think it's been, going to become more and more important in rugby league about how you handle coming up against a team with 12 players for a set amount of minutes. And I think teams, they try and get too touch football. They try and get too excited to move the ball around. You've just got to go through the guts and use the ball properly. And we'll touch on that later in the week. We'll go into more detail. But a good win for the Canberra Raiders, Very disappointing for the Bulldogs. Um, extremely disappointing for Canterbury. I thought their halves weren't horrible, but weren't great. Um, Avarillo, I don't know about him as a 7. He's a really good little footballer. I don't know about him as a 7. I um, mean, they scored one try off a kick that was probably lucky. DWZ scored off that. So, I mean, probably lucky to get to 18. And Canberra 8 has only had 13 on the field for 50 minutes, and they've been going like a busted asshole. So, uh, yeah. Tough times for Canterbury, no doubt about it. Good for the Raiders, an ugly win, I understand that. Should they have done better? Yes. But sometimes these wins, they can just start something. And fingers crossed the Canberra Raiders can turn it around. I think the competition's better when the Canberra Raiders are playing well. Uh, the game. Uh, sorry, the the super coach scores out of Canberra Raiders versus Canterbury Bulldogs for the Canberra Raiders. Curtis Scott, he topped it there, eighty four points, sensational. C H N. He scored a try, scored seventy one. Ryan James, a guy that a lot of us still got on our bench. Some have sold him, of course. Thirty seven, not great, but probably better than I was expecting. To be honest with you, I'll take a thirty seven. Uh, And Bailey Simonson, a guy that a lot of people have held for a while, 16 on the bench. He just keeps disappointing. He's a guy I've just always had the red Sharpie through. For the Canterbury Bulldogs, one of the blokes in my team, uh, Thompson, the front rower, 75 points, essentially all in base stats. So very happy with that. He's an absolute workhorse. Very happy with that decision that I made. Uh, DWZ had him in my draft team. As I said, very lucky to score a try. 76, though. I mean, it was a try off a kick, so you take off. That's 17 points. He's still scoring, you know, 50 odd points there. So DWZ, a really good one in your draft comps. A really low key guy that people overlook. Dual position as well. Uh, really good base stats. Uh, two guys that. I'm finding it hard to get a read on these two. They just keep performing, though. One is Corey Waddell. Obviously, was named on the bench. Panic stations for all Supercoach owners. But bench players and Supercoach, I think they've just changed now, haven't they? I think we've got to change transition the way we think about it. 58 points to Corey Waddell. And then the other man is a Tony coming off the bench. A lot of clubs after him at the moment. Uh, he's really come from the clouds. I've seen him play before and really didn't think too much about him. But 57 points there. He's doing really well and having great impact for the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, the next game. South Sydney Rabbitohs, Cronulla Sharks, Uh, Benji, he was on fire early. There was some pass he was throwing that was unbelievable. I thought there was the the pass that he threw to AJ and everyone said how unbelievable it was. I'll tell you what, it was a good ball, but I wouldn't say it was a great pass. It was was extremely high. I thought AJ did extremely well to catch that ball. I think he made... A reasonably average ball look really good, but that's what wingers need to be doing in the modern game. Your halves, they've got minimal time to think. If you get it in the right area, your wingers need to be catching it. But well done to AJ to get it and to get it down. I thought that was sensational. Um, I thought Cody Walker was good once again. I'm looking forward to seeing him get back to 5'8", though. Um, Scored two tries. Uh, was was always just alive on the play, but I, I don't know him and Benji's. Some moments they click so well. Other moments, I, I think I can see Walker getting a little bit frustrated at times. But I think the one thing that Walker can take from watching Benji the last few weeks is how he uses taking his edge back row, and I think it's one thing that Cody Walker needs to add to his game. And fingers crossed, we can see that over the next few weeks. Uh, Adam Reynolds returned, obviously off off their fifty point drumming to the Melbourne Storm, and he was unreal. Yeah, he just he just goes about his business. Gets the job done, and he just makes this side better. They're so much more confident when they have Adam Reynolds in their team, and obviously playing his first game at Suncorp Stadium since signing with the Broncos. Uh, obviously, the, a lot of Broncos fans would have been there the night before, watching their team get beat by fifty against Manly. To see Adam Reynolds uh, lead this charge against Cronulla would have been very exciting for them. Looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, look, the Sharks. I never really thought they were in the contest, to be honest with you. Um, it was twenty to six at halftime, and Jaden Sewer spent. 10 minutes in the bin, so... They only played 30 minutes with 13 players south. They still led 20-6 to six at half time. I thought Cronulla was very disappointing. I thought Andrew Fafita looked good. He looks really fit. He, he looks like he's having good impact. Matty Moylan, he had his little moments, but not consistent enough as this team needs, which is pro- probably harsh, but it's just the reality of their situation. Um, I thought Connor Tracy was unbelievable. And this is a guy you all know I'm a huge fan of. I think he's a fantastic footballer. I really do like him. Um, and I'm not sure where they fit him moving forward. I mean... It's good having him on the wing and coming in and doing some work, but maybe they need to look at him at the halves. He seems to be the only bloke with a bit of spark there. Obviously, Sean Johnson will return over the next few weeks, uh, which will help the cause. But I don't know. I just feel like they need to get Connor Tracy more ball. He just looks electric at the moment. And if, you, if you've if got the hot hand, I think you've got to use it, especially in this side where they're struggling for points. Uh, it'll be interesting next year with Connor Tracy, where he plays if he remains as a center or a winger. Uh, there obviously is a spot there that's opened up with... Um, Chad Townsend leaving, Matty Moylan and Sean Johnson still unsigned. So, interesting to see how it plays out, especially now with Adam Reynolds gone. Uh, a spot that I'm really interested to watch, and think that Connor Tracy, he could definitely help out. I think I had three or four messages after their game the other day about Connor Tracy playing in the halves, and I definitely think he has the potential. You heard me talk about him the other day when I saw him at Redfern a couple of years ago, and I was so impressed by him. So, I definitely think he could do a job there, and he's a million times better footballer now than what he was then. And dare I say, the game, it's probably more suited to him now than what it was then as well so Connor Tracy could be anything for him um, Supercoach Wise for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Jai Arrow scored a try at the very end. Jeezy was excited, wasn't he? absolutely loved it. I love the way that uh, Adam Reynolds got stuck into him too. Uh, he scored 84 points. Cody Walker, 81 with two tries. Good, not great. I mean, I, I definitely want more for my first round pick. Uh, Callum Montungy scored a good try, 70 points. Damian Cook, 64. Once again, good, not great. You want more from Cookie when they score 32 points on a really dry track that was... It was made for Cookie, essentially. I know they're missing um, Cam Murray, which always helps his cause, but I think you still want more from Cookie. Uh, Gagai and AJ, two popular pods for people in Classic, scored about 50 points each. I think Gagai scored just a couple more, maybe 56 or 54 or something like that. For the Sharkies, not a heap to report here. Will Kennedy, 80. Uh, Harati, young bloke, 73, doing well. Chad Townsend, 71. The scored a good try for 68. Moisa, 55. Um, Not really a heap to report on there. No one of huge interest we had. Ty Wilton came up with a zero. I don't think anyone is still holding him, though. Uh, So not a heap to go into with the Cronulla Sharks there, Supercoach-wise. The late game, Saturday night. Roosters, North Queensland Cowboys, a game that I tipped the Roosters to win in this one. Uh, They won 30-16, and very similar to the game before. I never really felt like the Cowboys were overly in the contest. I never really felt like they were going to beat the Roosters at any point. The Roosters, they just clicked into gear very early, and they just looked so good, didn't they? I mean, in the first 25 minutes, they scored three tries. Uh, They just looked unreal. Then we had uh, the sin bidding of Tupanua in the 29th minute, and I believe the Cowboys scored two tries in the next 10 minutes, I think both by Scott Drinkwater. Uh, so essentially when they were down a mound, the, the, the Cowboys got back into it a little bit. But once again, I just never really felt like they were going to lose this game. We spoke about obviously... Uh, The try that Sam Walker scored in the ninth minute, we spoke about that this morning. I thought that was unreal. Great to see. I thought Daniel Tupu was really strong. He's another guy that might be the forgotten man in this New South Wales side, but we know Freddie, he does like those big bodies. It's the only thing that worries me with uh, Brian To'o that we've been speaking about, the the body shape that he is. Interesting to see how that one plays out. Ikevalu, we thought he was great. Angus Crichton scored two tries, sensational. We started to see James Cedesco get back to his old form, which is really good to see. Uh, for the Cowboys, uh, I just... I, I don't know. They're, they're just an odd footy side at the moment. I can't really get a grip on them. Tao Malolo doesn't look to be the player that we know he can be just yet. He's obviously still got the wrist strapped up and what so. Uh, I, th- I thought Val Holmes was strong again without being fantastic. He ran over Sam Walker at one stage. Just a spot defender that he went through there. Uh, Drink water was good. I just... I don't know. They're just an odd little team, the Cowboys. You, you just You've got no idea what you're going to do every week. I mean, they scored... Uh, one try straight out of half-time, another try when they had one less player on the field. There was, of course, the sin bin of Lachlan Burr, which I thought was a little bit tough. And James Tedesco, he's a guy that I'm going to touch on a lot tomorrow morning. I advise you don't miss that podcast tomorrow morning about the sin bins because uh, James Tedesco, he he features pretty heavily, especially with this tackle on Lachlan Burr. I thought it was pretty tough on Burr, and I don't think he'll be the last victim of the way James Tedesco plays his footy. Uh, Super coach wise. James Tedesco, the man we just mentioned, obviously 131 points. A lot of people VC'd him, a lot of people captained him, uh, thought it was a great score at the time, which it was, no doubt about it, but uh, it would get blown out of the park within 24 hours. We'll talk about that in a minute. Angus Crichton, 119. I think he's owned by just about everyone. Uh, So not a huge pod there or anything, but doing very well. Daniel Tubu, if you had him, 101, scored two meaties. He was sensational. Radley, another little pod, a guy that I'm sort of considering this week, 77. um, Had two line breaks, had a try assist as well. So uh, boosted up by some attacking stats, probably 25 or 30 attacking stats there, uh, maybe a little bit more, but... I think in this side and the sort of ball player Victor Radley is, you can sort of expect that, if not every week, every second week from Victor Radley. He's that sort of a footballer. who's always got some attacking stats in him. Uh, Ikevalu, if you took the plunge on him, 73 producing again. And Sammy Walker scored a try, 63. I think he missed four goals or something, so that was costly for him. Uh, But a good performance from him. The man I'm going to touch on, though, Taki Aho, um, 24 points. I, I just think he's in a void now. I sold him a couple of weeks ago. I don't trust that he's going to be used probably. I've got him in my draft team, and I think eventually he will be used probably as we get to the back end of the season, and maybe during Origin you'll see more of him. They'll be missing – who will they be missing? I guess Angus Crichton. Um, yeah, they're not really missing as many as what I thought they would. Lindsay Collins is already out as well, so I think he will come into his own Takiyaho, but right now I think he has to be a sell. Uh, For the Cowboys, not really much to report on. Only really three overly relevant guys here Supercoach-wise. Obviously, Drinkwater 103, scored two tries. Val Holmes, 63 without scoring a try, only kicked two goals. Uh, Pretty good knock there. If you have got Val Holmes, you won't be disappointed by that one against the Roosters. And uh, Taumalolo, 53, as we said, he doesn't really look like the footballer that we we know he can be so um, he was sort of a guy I was going to have a look at this week watched him against the Roosters and I wasn't overly impressed so I don't think Malolo is a guy that I can go to right now but I mean, if you were to, not many people are going to. It could be a really good pod play there, Jason Taumalolo. Sunday footy for Magic Round kicked off with the Parramatta Eels taking on the New Zealand Warriors. We tipped tipped the Parramatta Eels to win this one, and they did it in fashion. I thought uh, Mitch Moses was unbelievable. I've been talking about this for a number of weeks. I posted about him last week on the Instagram, and a lot of people uh, still want to lay shit on Mitch Moses. I understand it. He hasn't grabbed the big stages, uh, but... the the footy he's playing at the moment I, I think it was Clint Gutherson said after the game he's playing with an old head on his shoulders and when everyone was looking at Mitch Moses super coach scores last year messaging me saying oh he's shit he sucks I mean he doesn't He's just becoming a genuine halfback, and you're really starting to see that. He's starting to dominate games with his kicking games. He's not making the huge big plays. He's just getting his team where they need to be. And I thought it was really good to see him with Jacob Arthur as well. I'll touch on him. But with a younger kid, um, I watched the video of him presenting his jersey to him, and it just showed a lot of maturity in Mitch Moses, which is sensational to see. Big fan of Moses. I think he's still got a lot to offer in our game. Um, I thought Nathan Brown was unreal through the middle. Threw one or two wayward passes. Obviously, scored the first try, uh, but was very damaging. I thought he was great. Plays that sort of Victor Radley role. He's sensational. Nathan Brown, big fan of him. Regan Campbell-Gillard, we mentioned him in our best moments The Magic Ground. Scored two tries in two minutes. Unreal. Ryan Madison, he was great as well. We'll touch on him when we get to Super Coach. Uh, Jacob Arthur scoring that try in the end. We, we we briefly touched on that as well in our podcast this morning. But I was very impressed with Jacob Arthur. He's an awkward little thing, little unorthodox. Just looks like an awkward thing to handle, Jacob Arthur. He, I, he looks like he doesn't quite know what he's doing himself. Big rangy body as well. Doesn't doesn't quite scream footballer to me, uh, but nonetheless was very talented. Scored a really good try there, which was sensational. See, so Great for Brad Arthur as well. Um, I thought Chanel Harris-Torita and Nick Arima, they were very good. They're just struggling to ice those moments. And, you know, I... I uh, the, 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 the reason that I was a little bit nervous watching him in the first half, I was a little bit worried, is because I knew they had this Reese Walsh sitting on the bench and if you follow my Instagram page you would have seen about a minute before he entered the field, I posted when are we going to see this kid, he he can bring the energy that they need and oh, I thought Nathan Brown wasted too much time without this kid on the field, he came on and he was unreal they moved Roger out to the wing and you know I don't know about that, I think it's a tough one for Roger, but the energy that Reese Walsh brings is just unbelievable. He is just such a good footballer. I don't think they can possibly not have him in this team next week, in the starting team. I've heard rumors that Nathan Brown, he's going to have him on the bench. I've heard he's going to start at fullback. I've heard both reports. I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but I think you've got to move them around somehow. I think you've got to get him into this team. I think it's got to be at fullback. And I think Roger, I think he's either got to jump into six, maybe in 13. I don't know. Do you move Nicarima to nine? Wade Egan's been good without setting the world alight. Do you, move, yeah, do you move him to the bench? Do you play Nico at nine? Do you play Chanel Harris-DeVita at seven? Do you play Roger at six? I don't know how you're going to work it, but I just think it's a waste having Reese Walsh on the bench, but it's a waste having Roger Tuvasashek on the wing as well. So it's it's a... Uh, geez, it's one that I, I'm not I'm not jealous that I, I'm not envious of Nathan Brown that he has to make this decision I think it's a really tough one to work out and it's almost one of those ones that if one of the hards or the hooker was to get injured mate, it almost made the decision for you that that would almost be easier than trying to juggle these guys and work out the best fit um, I thought Josh Curran, he was unreal he is such a good footballer, Curran I remember watching him at the Roosters in the lower grades and thinking, eh, good not great I probably didn't think he'd play first grade to be honest with you but what he's done has been unreal the The player that he is now over at the New Zealand Warriors he's just been sensational and terrible to see him go down with that injury he was obviously named on the bench yesterday um and a lot of people jumped off him. I stayed on him, and I thought when he was on sixty points uh, with a heap of minutes left, I thought, "How good's this? This is going to be great for me." Got injured. It was geez, it was hard to watch, wasn't it? His arm bent around the wrong way, hyperextension. We're waiting to hear uh, what the scans have brought back on that. But very disappointed for Josh Curran. I think it's been a massive season for him. I mean, it looks like worst case scenario could be eight or nine weeks. So we will see him again this season, but one that you're going to have to trade in your super coach sides. Um, Supercoach wise Mitch Moses 91 Um, We've also got Sam Walker Who people are potentially Going to sell soon Personally I think I'm going to hold him Until after round 17 I think the ceilings Are just too high To try and rush him Out of this team People might start to look at Mitch Moses, and look, as I said, Mitch Moses is a better footballer now than what he was when he was putting up hundreds in Supercoach for me, by far and away, but his game right now, it isn't as suited to to Supercoach. I mean, his game the other day was unbelievable. Scored 91. Really good score, but I'm not sure if you'll get more than that out of Mitch Moses. I think you'll see a lot of the 50 points games, which isn't bad, but you sort of want that higher ceiling for your halfback. I thought Ryan Madison, 74, he was a guy that I brought in last week. I had the decision between him and Isaiah Papali'i, made the right decision thankfully uh Papali obviously only scored 52 points so Matto, 74 did score a try could have set up another one to Fergo bombed that and then dropped another one over the line and I was actually I was I was thinking about it this morning as I was I, as I was writing Ryan Madison's name on my uh on my notepad that uh obviously he got 74 if he would have scored that try and then laid one on for Fergo as well I mean we could have been looking at a 115-point score. I actually had the vice-captaincy on him. I just had a feeling they were going to go to that right edge, which they did. Um, and I'll tell you what, if he would have got 115 or so, I think I potentially might have taken the VC on him just to keep up with all the uh, Turbo and Teddy captains and stuff. But uh, thankfully, he didn't go big enough. I was forced to go Nathan Cleary, uh, and he went berserk. We'll talk about him soon. Uh, Nathan Brown, 64, with the try, So Just be wary of Nathan Brown. I've got him in my draft team. I absolutely love him, but... Um, yeah, points aren't coming as well as what I thought they would like this year. Uh Clint Gutherson, he got fifty-eight. This is one I was stoked with. I'm a Tedesco and Troyovich Vajona. I know a lot of people have gone to Gutho. Uh, and I mean fifty-eight isn't bad. Like he was in everything. He just wasn't scoring points off the back of it. So I'll take that. 58 points. Um I know a lot of people captained him as well, which was a big play, but He's been in such good form recently that uh, it was warranted, I think. So very happy that he didn't go massive. E, we mentioned him, 52. A couple of people captain him. A couple of people uh, that are in the know as well. So that one would have really stung for them. Obviously playing his old club, I understand the narrative. Um, Junior Paulo, 47 minutes. are Just an absolute nightmare. I think he's going to play Origin. I think he's a sell for everyone. I think he's got... Two tough games coming up against the tougher teams. He tends to play bigger minutes. So I understand if you hold him for another week or two, but I think he's got to go sooner rather than later. Reed Marnie, another guy that a lot of people own, 45 points. I, I, I don't own him. I've got Connor Watson, obviously. Uh, so I was pretty happy with that. Uh, Bryce Cartwright I've thrown here, in here as well. A lot of people have been messaging me about him and talking about him. 43 points, good. Didn't have those real high-end attacking stats, though. And Blake Ferguson, obviously Wonga Blake returned, and I'm not pinning a low score on Fergo directly on Wonga Blake, but he, without a doubt, plays his role. I just think Fergo is a better football when Wonga Blake isn't there, so I would be moving away from Fergo. Uh, in saying that, Madison blew a try for him. I think he knocked on another one. So it could have easily been a 60-point game, but... Uh, yeah, Fergo, leave me out of that. For the New Zealand Warriors, Reese Walsh, 50 minutes, 100 points. Simply incredible. He was amazing. Uh, Jazz Tavega, a couple of injuries there. Played extended minutes, 73 points. He is just an absolute walk, workhorse, Jazz. Tohu Harris, 66. Uh, Nick Arima, 66. Josh Curran, 64. Before he got injured, he was in for a bigger score there as well. Obviously, scored a meat pie. Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, disappointing 46. I think if you've got him... He simply has to go. I mean, if he's playing on the wing, you just can't do that. You can't pay the money that you are for Roger Tulevast to, to check and keep him on the wing. If you've got him in draft comps, it's probably time to sell him. If you can if you can sell him before people realize that he's going to be playing wing or not at fullback anyway, I would do it right now. Uh, you and Aitken, a guy that a lot of draft players have been waiting for him to come back for a number of weeks. 39, uh, solid without being great in a losing side. So, you, I mean, you'll take 39. If that's the worst we get out of Aken. that's a really good score. Okay, the Melbourne Storm. Second last game of the Magic Round, missing Harry Grant, Cameron Munster, a couple of other fellas coming up against the Dragons, essentially full strength. Um, they lost Ryan Pappenhausen very early. I know a couple of Supercoach owners, one, one, one of my good mates that's right up the top. He's in about the top 30. He's held on to Pappy for the last two weeks and was very excited to see Pappy return, it's going to be his little pod. And unfortunately, he went down in the 22nd minute, laid a fantastic try on for Josh Adokar, through an absolute pill to him, but then was taken out of the game. Obviously, by Fui Maiano, he was then sent off. So the Dragons had to play with 12 players, and it showed 44-12. to 12. Uh, Star of the show, though, Nico Hines. He was unreal. And I I spoke about this guy this morning, obviously. I absolutely love this kid. I think he's an absolute superstar of the future. I think there's a lot of teams that should be heavily chasing him. I thought Kenny, Brom- Kenny Bromwich was really good as well. Was named at hooker at the start of the week. Never really brought that during the week. Um, played on that edge. Tyson Smoothie played big minutes. Scored a try. Did some really good things. Josh Adokar. Wow. I think it's uh, I think it's nine tries or ten tries or something in two weeks. He was unreal again. Such a good footballer. At one point, I thought he'd broken his leg the way that he was bent over backwards. Uh, I think it was Josh Maguire that was in that tackle. Uh, but he's just so good, Fox. He's just such an incredible footballer. I absolutely love watching him go about his business and yes you got the attacking highlights which are fantastic good to watch entertaining but in defense as well he is just unreal I'm such a big fan of Josh Adokar I think I always will be I remember watching him play I remember watching him play for La Perouse then I remember watching him playing for the Cronulla Sharks in the under 20s Uh, then I remember watching him play for the West Tigers over there and I remember saying to my mates this kid he's going to be the fastest one in our competition and you know He's made the move to Melbourne, and geez, I still think he is. I know a lot of people are talking about Saab right now, but Fox, over a long period of time, he has been the fastest for me by a mile. Uh, he's put on a little bit more weight recently uh, as he's got older as well, just to um, probably just to get through more impact in his games. And some of his kick returns and stuff are really showing. And I, I, I'm i a huge fan of Fox. Love him. Uh, you obviously had Josh Maguire, Sinbind, in the eighth minute. You then had Fui Miano, who was sent off in the 12th minute. So the Dragons essentially paid... Seventy minutes with only twelve players on the field. They played about six or seven minutes with uh, eleven players on the field. So a pretty tough gig. But um, I think the Fumiya one was fair. I think if you're going to take out a guy after he's released the ball, you're going to take him high. I think you probably do get sent. And I think it's uh, I think for too long our ball players have been unprotected. They 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 are just it's just a free shot on these guys after they give the ball. And I don't think it's fair. I've never thought it's fair. So I'm glad to see these rules come. in and yeah the dra- the storm they really did blow them away um obviously they they missed five conversions so I mean, if they were to have knocked over those five conversions, there's another ten points. You break the fifty point barrier. Um, I thought for the Dragons, I thought that Matt Dufty looked really good when he was playing. Uh, he of course got injured as well, so that's going to cause a bit of a reshuffle. Cody Ramsey scored on the very on the on the bell. Ravalawa scored three tries, a good knock for him, uh, but pretty disappointing all round for the Dragons. Obviously, it's tough when you got twelve players. Fumano leaves the field. The twelfth minute, Josh McGuire was already off. So pretty heartbreaking. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's any team against the Melbourne Storm don't really give you an inch. Very disappointing for them. Uh coach wise, for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, first Ravalawa, as we said, three tries in that one, came up with a score of 136, a very impressive knock for him. Uh, Josh Kerr, 86. Matt Dufty, 63. He's been injured, obviously. Uh, Bird, 40. Josh Maguire, 28, with a Sinbin. I know a lot of people were looking at him, as was I. I'm glad I dodged that bullet. Um, was probably lucky to knock at Sinbin again, realistically, and... I mean, if I had to put my house on someone getting Simbin over the next two weeks, it would be Josh McGuire. I believe he's got a big suspension coming his way. I would say three to four. You might even push five weeks there for Josh McGuire. So uh, if you traded him in, you'll be hitting that trade button very soon. Um, the other guy I want to mention is Fiegui. He scored seven, came off the bench. Very disappointing. Um, if you are a Fiegui owner, I would just hold on. I wouldn't panic because I think there's a really good chance that he now plays center for a couple of weeks. You've got Lomax injured. Uh, you've obviously got Matt Dufty as well who's injured. So it'll be interesting to see who comes in to play fullback. I mean, some options are you could move Jack Bird back there. You could move like a Corey Norman back there and maybe bring someone else in to play. Favre. They've got a couple of talented ball players there. So a couple of options, but I think there's a really good chance that they move Jack Bird back there there or someone. And I think there's a good chance that Fia guy does come into this side. Um, So just keep an eye on him. And he's a guy that I really like. The last name, uh, lowest scorer of the round, Fumano, negative eight. The reason why I mentioned him, of course, a couple of people that I've spoken to had him on their uh, extended bench still. So for people that took their VC, all of a sudden uh, you had a minus eight that you were taking there. So that would have hurt. Um, Still, you would have got 130 odd from uh one of the big timers in Tedesco or Trevojevic but if you would have copped Teddy's 130 with a minus eight. That would have hurt. But then seeing Nathan Cleary score break the record for Supercoach, that would have really stung. Uh, for the Melbourne Storm, Nico Hines, 182. As I said, he was unbelievable in this game and sort of flew under the radar a little bit because Nathan Cleary broke the record. But Nico Hines, I believe it was the eighth highest score in Supercoach history. So a really good afternoon for Nico Hines. Uh, obviously missing a number of stars there. He really put the team on his back uh, and he was sensational. Josh Adokar, 100 if anyone had him um just got a number of tries there so uh, he does, he just needs to score tries Fox for him to score super coach points. That's why I'm not a huge fan. Kenny Bromwich, 89, Jerome Hughes, another little pod that a lot of people have been very keen on. 74, uh, big Nelson, Osofisola Mona, 67, Olam, 63, Remus Smith, uh, managed to pull a 59. I've got no idea how his scores changed a little bit over the last, uh, few hours. So I think he went from 59 back to 35, then bounced back up to 59. So if you've got Remus Smith, like I do, you're stoked. I'm not sure how though, uh, George Jennings, 55. Another impressive performance from him. A guy that I really like. I think he's got a lot of potential. Christian Welsh, I'm a Welsh owner. Uh, not disappointing, but not great. A 52 there. Dale Finke came, getting back into his work with a 45. Uh, no one else really standing out there. Obviously, Pappenhausen, if you're a Pappenhausen owner, if you've held him for the last few weeks, that would have really hurt. 23. Uh, probably for the best that we didn't know, Pappy was definitely going to play. So a lot of people missed out on trading him in that potentially would have, and that would have really stung you. Um... The last game, Penrith Panthers, Gold Coast Titans. It was the Nathan Cleary show. Uh, we spoke about this earlier. He was just unbelievable. He was he was just clinical from Cleary. And uh, if you want to listen to me talk about Cleary, I speak for about six or seven minutes in the podcast. I dropped this morning top five moments of Magic Round. It featured in the top five. He was unbelievable. I thought Appy was really solid. Dylan Edwards, as always, fantastic. Uh, just so underrated. It's not even fair. Um, James Fisher-Harris was sensational, scored a good try. Liam Martin scored a try as well. Liam Martin's a kid that I've always really liked. I think he's a guy that I'm probably going to bring in, super coach, over the next few weeks, if not this week. Uh, I love the way that they're able to use variety in their game. And I talk about this every week for the Penrith Panthers because they just show us different sorts of shapes or different sorts of structures each and every week. They're able to play structure. They're able to play off the top of their head. I mean, it's very hard to rattle this team. And look, I didn't think they were great yesterday, to be honest with you. Yes, they scored 48 points. I know, I get it. But I didn't think they were great in the first half. I thought Nathan Cleary uh, was the best player on the field by a country mile. And he, he sort of carried them in the first half. But I don't think they would be overly stoked with their first half as a team. Um, one guy that I want to talk about for the Gold Coast Titans, and he was sent off yesterday, Herman S.A.S.A., a guy I've been a big fan of for a long time. But my God. We, can't, we cannot keep doing this, Herman. He has been through a number of clubs now. Left Brisbane, went to Newcastle, now arrived at the Gold Coast. He's never really found himself at any of these teams. When he does get an opportunity to play big minutes or, or whatever, he shows what he's capable of doing. He's got so much talent. But I think this is his last stop for Herman SASA. And to do that at Magic Round, I mean... There's a couple of things this weekend that I can excuse, these high tackles and stuff, but his was by far and away the stupidest by a country mile. And, apologize, and apologies to Fulminano. I said he got the lowest score of the week. Of course, Herman came up with a negative 11. Wouldn't have really mattered for anyone in Supercoach if it did matter. Jesus, you're probably doing something wrong there. But I just he's got so much ability, this guy, and he has shit me for so long because he's got so much talent, but we just don't see enough of it. We just don't see it. And he's finally fought into this team, had an opportunity to show what he can do, and up against the benchmark has a complete and utter brain explosion like that. Very disappointing. I mean, it was the last game of the week. It's not like it was the first game of the week. You had no idea what was doing. Has Herman been living under a rock? Just stupidity for me. Very, very disappointing there. Uh, I you know, I, I worry that we're not going to see much more of this guy, and it's just such a waste of talent. I've been huge on him for a long time. Very, very disappointing. Uh, the Titans, they were never really in this game. They were just... <laughs> they weren't even close to the Penrith Panthers. They weren't on their level, and the Penrith Panthers, as I said, I don't believe they played overly well. They didn't play terribly, but they definitely weren't at their best either. And I understand, though, without Herman S.A.S.E. that would have really hurt in the 36th, minute but I mean by that point they'd already conceded four tries Clearly had already knocked over four goals I mean it's already what 24-0 or something by that point 30-0 at half time they scored a couple of tries in the back end of the game uh, AJ Brimson and uh, Bo Thelma scored there but uh, very disappointing from the Gold Coast Titans extremely extremely disappointing uh, and look, oh, so, as I said before, the variety. I love the way that normally you get so used to the Penrith Panthers heavily attacking the left side. They went all to the right the other day. They identified something in the Gold Coast Titans attack. And I just love the way that they can play so many different game plans and it can be just so effective. I mean, I'm sure the Titans would have spent all week focusing on Luai, Matty Burton, Brian To'o, Viliami Kick and I mean it didn't even matter they attacked them on the right and they just weren't able to hold them and it's it's fantastic every time they scored on the right you saw that entire left edge sprinting in to hug and celebrate and they're just a fantastic team at the moment doing very special things Supercoach wise uh, for the Panthers obviously Nathan Cleary broke the record 225 it was downgraded a little bit but 225 still an incredible knock James Fisher Harris 98 Dylan Edwards 91 just going about his business really good little football there that's 91 without a try as well he was everywhere, Dylan Edwards. Liam Martin scored a try uh, for 89 supercoach points. As I said, I think a guy I'm going to bring in this week. Uh, Staines, if you're still holding Staines, you played him. Good little win for you there, 71 points. We know how uh, volatile his scoring can be, but 71 will take it. Um, Villiame kick out 40, disappointing. They went all to the other side, so all things considered, not bad for kick out. He did get over the line at one point, but they pulled it back. Oh, and Toto 34, and this is where it really hurt people between Toto and Matty Burton. Obviously, nearly nearly everyone of the top players has Brian Toto, so not much ground loss there. Myself, I went a real pod. I dropped Cam Munster, not going to see him much over the next few weeks, and I went with Matty Burton, and. Uh, it was tough watching the Penrith Panthers go entirely to the right. It was, it was like Matt Burton didn't even touch the ball the entire game. So, very disappointing there for me. But the Penrith Panthers, just so impressive. I'm not going to panic on Burton. I'll give him a few more weeks. I'm sure that left side will start to get some more pill and he'll put some points on the board. For the Gold Coast Titans, uh, very, very, very disappointing outing here. Uh, you obviously had Tino, 56. I mean, considering how he's gone in other weeks, really not that bad. We'll probably take it. Um, you had Brian Kelly, another little pod that I know a lot of people are very keen on in their backs, 47. Uh, you had Brimson, another 47 points as well. Uh, I, I don't know where people are fitting Brimson in. I know a couple of people have messaged me saying they've got him, but geez, I hope you didn't have him for this game. Um, that's a ballsy play. And, of course, Tyrone Peachy, a guy that I know a lot of people have been very, very keen on over the last few weeks, 27. And when he doesn't get attacking stats, uh, this is the harsh reality of of Tyrone Peachy. Uh, That wraps up our Magic Round review. I thought it was a sensational week. NRL got a lot of things right. A couple of mishits here and there, and we're going to touch on them over the next couple of days. Please stay tuned. Tomorrow morning, a really big podcast coming where we're going to touch on the referees' decisions over the weekends, the sin binnings, the send-offs, the high tackles. We're going to go in-depth on it all. We're going to talk about a couple of specific players and how I see it moving forward and how I think... Some people have really read into this situation completely wrong. Stay tuned for that one tomorrow morning.
0: Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.